We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, welcome to episode 579, Talking Buffalo podcast, part of the Blue Oyer Network. I am Patrick Moran. I am joined today, as always, by my good buddy, from cover one, Aaron Quinn. Um, so we're dropping this on Wednesday. I actually got about nice smile, by the way, for the cameras or people who are watching this on typing. the video side anyway. Um, I'm not looking at you. I'm typing right now. And I, I, I got to make sure I got a couple more weeks here with Aaron left yep. uh, before school's out for the summer, so to speak. Um, Aaron, dad duties take over. So won't be able to uh, do this every Wednesday. Um, we'll kind of go a like times though. Training camp. Week. We'll yeah, get together. Yeah, we'll we'll get together a couple times throughout the summer. It just won't be uh, an every week thing like it has been. Yeah, like mornings are going to be different. Yeah, for sure. for sure. Now, Aaron and I usually tape these. I say this all the time, just in case something goes down while we're yeah. taping this, or later on that day, we tape these early Tuesday morning for uh for a Wednesday morning drop on the audio side. I do usually throw up the video uh podcast. On Tuesday nights, but anyway, man, how you doing? Nice, uh, and it's like the middle of the week, so it's kind of old news to talk about a holiday weekend, but it was enjoyable, dude. The weather was great. You, uh, you got your golfing in. I, we're friends on Facebook too, so you know, I, I follow along with what you do sometimes. You got a, got a couple rounds in flirting with that breaking a hundred mark. Yeah. So, uh, fun thing about me i used to be really into golf like in mm-hmm. high school um even younger like middle school i started getting into it uh tiger got me really into it and i was actually pretty good in high school ended up senior year i had a hand surgery missed half the season and like from there afterwards didn't play a lot in my 20s and then like 15 years you know this pat like sure as you start aging 10 15 years gone it just blows sure. by and you're like holy crap i haven't played golf and 17 years and so last year was my first time back i was terrible three times i went out uh, a lot of time at the range but three times of the courses not good scores uh then i went out twice this weekend chris kepner the producer of cover one buffalo podcast he invited me out he was in town we went out to audubon in amherst Mm -hmm, Um, i played there yeah i shot a 101 with some liberties definitely some drops uh along the way and stuff like that but felt a lot better and then yesterday we played arrowhead out in like Eden, Clarence, maybe um, somewhere out there. Uh, gorgeous, 
played with the guys that are way better than me. A couple guys way worse, but I held my own. I uh, had a good game. had a couple good rounds. Almost broke the 100. I know it's not a big deal for a lot of people, but I was like in the mid to high 80s in high school. And so golfing like over last year, I was like hitting 118, 120. That kills you when you know that you can do good. It's hard. So I don't know. Do you golf much? I well, here's the thing. People say golfing is like kind of riding a bike. Once you it is not. To golf. It is definitely not. That is complete yeah. bullshit. Um, I did golf maybe about 15 years ago. I, I took up golfing like from around 2005 or so. And for like three or four years, I played a lot and I got pretty good. Like I mm -hmm. was consistently breaking 90 at good yep. courses too. You know, like shooting in the high 80s, somewhere between the high 80s, mid 90s, yeah, yeah. maybe at pretty good courses. I played a lot and I was, and I got pretty good. And That's then the to your point, time goes by. Long story short, I don't want to get into all the details, but a long story short, I had a nice set of golf clubs, left them in my uh, brother-in-law's truck, which eventually his car got stolen. Uh, Lost my golf clubs, never got another set. And these were good ones too, man. Yep. I, you know, I spent a lot of money on these clubs. Annoyed, frustrated, just for whatever reason, stopped playing. So many years went by. And now my son, who's 20 years old, when we lived in Florida, he started not really, he's, he hasn't played like on golf courses, but he's started to go into the driving range and he's ball really well too. Yeah. Anyway, I went out with him and I literally couldn't hit the ball. Man. Literally couldn't hit the ball. Couldn't get the ball off the ground. It's not like riding a bike. It's not that easy it, to remember. There's technique and, and things to it. I will say it is and it isn't though. So not to, there was a guy with us that's new to the game. So mm -hmm. I at least had a foundation of how to play golf, mm -hmm. uh, how to get myself out of sand, how to do different shots. Right. And so I will say in the sense of I'm going to be able to get my handicap back then reduce my handicap back down. The thing sure. about golf is stacking consistency together, right? Like you can't go yeah, years yeah, between yeah. rounds. You have to play a few rounds a year, mm -hmm. if not more sure. to, to see those games. But once you start going, you will, but the guy that just started, even just the basics of understanding how to get out of certain grass and rough and stuff like that. Like yeah. already having that foundation is such a far step ahead. You'll be able to, if you picked it up, you'd get back to where yeah, you I gotta in go a year and a year and a half or so. Sure. Got to go a couple of times at yeah. least and then start hitting the ball a little bit better. But it was just funny. It was embarrassing. It was like literally good at the ball. My son's like, yes. really? You used to be good. I was like, yeah, but, dude, I used to be good, man. <laughs> I don't love, but I'm keeping posting my scores out there to hold myself accountable. I want to get back to at the end of the summer, shooting in the mid nineties mm -hmm. and then to next year, getting back to the mid eight, taking 10 strokes off a year is where I want to be. Um, and so I'm trying to hold myself accountable. It's like a weight loss thing. Like trying to hold myself accountable. I already got people killing me like, oh, you're in a hundred. You're celebrating a hundred. It's like, dude, Hey, we're all starting in different spots, man. Back I, off. I really love golf, man, because you yeah. can play at any age and you can play until any age. You know, if you could yeah. literally stand and you can get a cart, man, if you have to, you know what I mean? You don't have to walk much. <sighs> Although it's pretty tight this play. morning, Pat. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so we're going to spend some time today. A lot of stuff I actually want to get to here in the next hour. Um, the, the Bills signed an offensive attack. I want to get your thoughts on that. Sure. I want to spend a couple of minutes talking about this roster. Because I, I feel right now is this roster as it's constructed, and it is one of the very best, maybe even potentially the best in the NFL. I want to get your thoughts on that as well. Um, of course, DeAndre Hopkins news that's lingering. It has been for quite a while now. Josh Allen dating stuff. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, Bills fans are, are going crazy, especially the women right now. So we'll, we'll get to that. Um, quick question. I, you know, I don't know if we've talked about this on this show or not, but Succession, did you watch that show when it was on? No, you know, I, I think I saw the first episode and it was like hard to get through. And I just sure. never, never well, went back. it ended on Sunday night and mm -hmm. 
I'm not going to get into this, especially since you haven't watched it anyway. Sure. No, no spoilers. Or I anything. do know the end. Uh, uh, fortunately, one of our cover one contributors that night assumed we were all watching it and pulled mm-hmm. the Shady McCoy and was like, I can't believe this person. Ah, was. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I was like, I'll say this, though, Aaron, and, and this is a, a different discussion. But so we're taping this Tuesday. It's dropping Wednesday. If you're a fan of the show and you haven't seen it yet and you've been on social media, you almost. Tough shit, you know, about spo- if you get a spoiler, you should know better. My that's uh, my thing. The people that were mad in our chat are mad at me right now, because my thing is, if you were a grown adult in 2023 and you're really looking forward to knowing without it being spoiled, you either watch that shit live when everybody else is right or you stay off the Internet. Yeah, you better watch it in the next 24 hours or so. Anything else after that to me? It's on your own. 100 percent fair game. You're playing with fire to wrap up. So it was four seasons. And this is one of those shows I did. I got a lot of Twitter fights because I was not high on the show like everybody else was. It seems to be like uh, especially a lot of people that I know in the media are calling it like maybe one of the greatest shows of all time. That's because I never watched Vanderpump Rules. Watched what? Vanderpump Rules. (laughs) (laughs) It's a joke. Anyway. Yeah. So the show was pretty good, man. Good storytelling, like character storytelling. Corporate business greed, there's layers of it. I get that. But to call it one of the greatest shows of all time, I think it's nuts. I pulled up a tweet. I'm, let, let me pull it up here so I don't forget. People, again, saying this was the best show of all time. I ran off 15 shows off the top of my head that I think are definitely better. The Office, Sopranos, Game of Thrones, This Is Us, Seinfeld, Sons of Anarchy, The Wire, Better Call Saul, Shit's Creek, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Cheers, House, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Breaking Bad. Parks and Rec. And again, I can't ask you for your take on Succession because you, you didn't watch yeah. nothing more than the first episode, which quite frankly, if you were into it from the start, I would understand why you'd want to see it through, but I would not recommend like for somebody who has not seen the show to get into it. I just don't think it's worth the time, but I don't know. Quickly, you, you look yeah. at my list. So there's there anything that sticks out there to like, well, how do you have that on your top 15? I was not a fan of that show. Anything like uh, that? So a couple things that stand out to me real quick. One, Wife and I are going to watch Secession probably in the winter. We think it's probably a good winter watch mm-hmm. to go through um, and get all the way through it Two, I think we do this with everything, um, especially like media folks and sure. people with like big followings just rush with recency bias to everything is the greatest thing ever. Agreed. Uh, the halftime show a couple years ago with Mary J. Blige, Eminem and Dr. Dre. It wasn't that good. It was a bunch of like 40, 50 year old shells of their former selves lip singing over stuff. Not great. And everybody's like, this is the best thing we've ever seen. It's like, dude, you guys forgot Prince exists. Like, come on, stop. <laughs> you know, like, this is ridiculous. And that's the way this is, right? When you really go back and look at these shows. The other thing, Pat, I got to give you a hard time a mm-hmm. little bit. I believe when we're ranking shows like this, you really have to break it up between like uh, comedy. Comedies, dramas. And dramas. That's it's fair. hard. Like, Always Sunny in Philly. I don't know that it deserves to be on this list, mm-hmm. uh, but it would be on a comedy list. Like if I was doing a top 10 comedy list, you know what I mean? Like, but I yeah. think it would be, so for that instance, um, but yeah, no, I think when we look at these shows, maybe it's a really good show. Again, I don't have the reference. It seemed like a, a too polarizing of a show to be considered one of the greatest of all time. Like it, to me, uh, the outside looking at how people watched it, you either loved it or yes. you wanted nothing to do with it. And if Correct. it's that weird of a show, I don't think you can be in the top 10, but I will give it a shot. 
I'll report back to you next winter in the middle of next football season when we wrap it up. But um, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. I, I, you might like it. Who knows? And to your point, I, I do agree with you to an extent. It's kind of like wings. Like you go somewhere and they have great chicken wings. Then you go somewhere else and they have great gimmick chicken wings. Like these double Cajun, double yeah, yeah. dipped, and, you know, these garlic parm. That's not medium or hot wings. Like if you just want regular chicken wings, like there should be a separate list for specific wings, like traditional a wings, traditional and then like buffalo wings, style specialty wings. Wing. Right. Separate. And then everything else. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Um, quickly, NBA, by the way. So last night, well, I should say Monday night. Um, Monday night. What a shocker, dude. I mean, come on. Miami's up three nothing. And then Boston comes back, wins three games. They get home at game seven. I'm like, this series is over. Boston's going to be the first team ever to uh, come back from 3-0. 151 times now that's happened. And no one has ever yeah. won a series when they were down 3-1 that, or 3 nothing. That's nuts. But anyway, dude, not only does Miami pull one out, I mean, they blew Boston out on the road. Sports is crazy. It, you just, you never know, man. It's just it is crazy. Nuts. Sports are crazy, but dude, I have a hard time with the NBA. I love basketball. Like yeah. it's really one of my favorite sports. I spent more time doing basketball than anything as a kid and watching it and MJ and everything. And I'm not convinced that game's not rigged. I'm not <laughs> really. I'm not. Uh, I don't like, I'm not one of those people that's like the NFL's rigged. There's scripts. I am not a, like a big time. I, conspiracies are fun. I think they're interesting, but I'm not into them. Um, yeah. Like, I don't I, know, dude. I had a hard time seeing a shot. They kept missed that. I think they missed their first 12 threes on Monday night. It was just no, uh, but the three to me was the three games of them getting back. Felt like the NBA wanted that. They wanted, oh, they the wanted Boston basketball. Yeah, Not that they say. wanted Boston to win it all, but they wanted to extend that series. They had a series get swept. It would have been bad for the NBA to have your two conference finals be sweeps by small yeah. market teams. And I don't know, man. There's some questionable stuff at the end of games. If there's a sport out there that's going to be the easiest one to rig up, it's going to be the NBA because you it's can happened. let really you can let any yeah it's happened and you can let anything go between three quarters and in the fourth quarter a team could be up by fifteen and some ticky tack fouls start showing up teams get sure. into the penalty like guys get in foul trouble it changes everything and you can cut a fifteen point lead to a five point lead. And then it's on the players. But if you're just even if there's influence in trimming it to keep it close for interest, that's a rigged game to me. And it's very easy to do in the NBA. I, I could buy big market teams, the league wanting big market teams to get in there. Hence, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I, there's not much for me to be excited about a Denver, Miami Why? NBA final. I think Denver's going to just drag. They're going to I feel like they're going to drag them. Isn't maybe. that good, though? Maybe it goes in five. I don't know. I wanted to see Denver Boston, LA, or Denver, Boston. No, it just you're buying into the media. Matchup. You're you're buying into what the hive mind wants you to think, Pat. That big <laughs> media is better. It is now. What would be cool? The best case scenario for the league would have been the Knicks, a big market that hasn't won in a long time, right? Mm -hmm. Like um, maybe the Clippers instead of the uh lakers still having the big markets but the teams that haven't had success in them that's ultimately what the nba needs chicago needs to be better boston needs to be better but to continue to have the lakers to continue to have boston these teams i think people are tired of it i think that's one of the biggest complaints of the nba from people i talk to is people know who's going to be in the finals people would know who's going to be in at the end for the last 10 years or so through this lebron curry era you knew it was going to be the warriors or the Cavs or whatever team lebron was on and now Nobody really had Nuggets, Heat, 
going into this, right? Like, Actually, Miami. I mean, dude, they Miami. lost to your Bulls. They lost to your Bulls in the play-in game. They 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 were one game away from not even making making the playoffs. The real crazy, playoffs. crazy. Yeah. Um, and so it, I think this is good for the game in a sense of maybe there's some parity that can be had in the league. Maybe some other types of teams can compete. Maybe it doesn't have to be super teams. Like Nuggets aren't a super team. They. Jokic wasn't supposed to be the player he is. Like both these teams are products of player development and good GMs and getting in guys and and exceeding their expectations. And if you're not excited about that, like I've never been more excited, even if the Nuggets come out and just blow out the heat. I think the storyline of these teams that are not traditional of the last 10 years of how teams are built had the most success in the NBA this year. And I think that's cool. Uh, yeah, the dude, the Joker was a, a second round draft pick. He was a 40 overweight, 40 struggled. Pick. Yeah, that is nuts. Now he looks like a he looks like a giant, like a big, really good player playing with kids half the time on the ice. I know you really don't care much about hockey, but from a Buffalo angle, this is crazy. Sam Sam Reinhart for Florida, Jack Eichel for Vegas, the two top picks for the Sabers who both got traded, going against each other in the Stanley Cup just a couple years later. I'll say this though: the Sabers are improving, and, and, and they're pretty good right now. Sure, if they were still sucking. Like if they were bottom feeders, this would be torture for Sabres fans to see two guys that were supposed to be the cornerstone of turning this franchise around, getting traded. And now quite literally, they're both facing each other in a Stanley Cup. It would be like if Allen and Diggs played for the Bills and they both got traded and the Bills sucked and they're playing each other in the Super Bowl. You kind of would have that feeling, you know, going against each other. Um, But like I said, I I think the Sabres being a pretty good team right now kind of takes away the sting from that a little bit. People, I know, again, I know you're not much into hockey, but I can promise you this, Aaron. Sabres fans hate Jack Eichel. Oh, I know that. With a deep passion. So Yeah. Well, I mean, Eichel was supposed to be what Josh Allen is. Right, right? exactly. The guy that was going to bring the attention, bring the prime time, bring the spotlight, bring the playoffs, being in a championship push. Thought you were getting that guy and actually couldn't be more opposite. Like right. of, of a Josh Allen, right? So I get the frustration um, from just the sports perspective, but I don't have, I have sympathy for Sabres fans, but it this is still the trickle of like 12 years of just being one of the worst franchises in all of sports, right? Like yeah. since I've lived here in Buffalo, I've people have tried to get me on the Sabres and they're just consistently not even mediocre, like the draft drought era bills. They are just bad flat out worst in the NHL in the league that might be designed the most for parity, right? We're talking about parity in the NBA. Like there might not be a league that tries harder to get these small market teams to be good. And you still weren't 12 years, 12 years. They haven't made the playoffs, man. It's It's tied tied for all the four major sports. It's tied for the longest, man. Yeah, It's some of the worst sports operation I've witnessed in my lifetime. If we're being honest, like to be that bad in a league designed for you not to be is hard. And, whether you like it or not, like Eichel has his problems and he wasn't going to be the savior and he wasn't Josh Allen type of guy to really lead a franchise. But part of the problem with the Jack Eichel issues in Buffalo was Buffalo is so dysfunctional. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Man. Like if the bills were as dysfunctional as the Sabres were, does Josh Allen work? No, nope. I don't think so. Probably nope. not. And so uh, it, it does seem now that it's steadied a little over there at key bank center and that things are more trending towards what the bills have in terms of relationship between the front office and coaching and, and everybody being on the same page seems more stable. So you, you'll probably reap some of the rewards. Like you said, it feels a little bit better, but it's got to hurt to know 
you had those guys in your building and they were good enough to be in this stage. Right. For sure. And look, as great as Josh Allen is, it's an organizational thing. Why he's become as successful as he was. The the Sabres were completely and utterly dysfunctional from the top to the bottom when they had Eichel and Ryan. No area deserves it more too. like, I don't know a lot about hockey, but I know it's not that big in the U.S., right? Like when Florida is probably popping off now because it's popular and hot. But like most of I'm from Maine and University of Maine hockey is big deal in hockey world. And and there's some interest, uh, but not every town has ice rinks, not everywhere. But in Buffalo, dude, there's more ice rinks here than you know what to do with. Like this Uh, is hockey town. I walk my streets all the time. I see nets and goals up everywhere. Nobody deserves to have playoff good hockey more than Buffalo. And to, for it to not be here for 12 years, dude, like the league needed to step in and be like, you guys got to get this right. Cause this, I see what happens when the bills are good and it starts to get December, January and the houses are all blue and red and all that stuff. I have never seen Sabres excitement in this town. And I've heard it's fantastic. And it I want, I want to see it, dude. And it's ridiculous. They haven't had it. The parties in the plaza, like when the Sabres are contending, when they're in the playoffs downtown on a Sabres game night is yeah. just, um, it's electric. It really is. I, and I, again, I when it comes to, I look at it now, like maybe 12, 18 months ago, this would have eaten me alive. Eichel versus Sam Reinhardt in the Stanley cup. But now I look at, who the Sabres got for Jack Eichel. And I look at what the Sabres got for Ryan Hart and the team, the nucleus of the team. It's looking really good. Now you mentioned good. Josh. I, I I have to bring this up, man. I don't, not a gossipy kind of guy. A TMZ. Yeah, this is not a TMZ podcast, Aaron, but I will say, man, cause this is news sort of Josh. You cropped Allen. out this other guy. Come on. The poor other guy in this photo. <laughs> nobody knows who he is, but nobody nope, cares. Anyway. Nope. Uh, Haley Steinfeld, man. I mean, she, she, an actress, a, a yeah. singer, um, Josh has been seen now many times Twice. with her. So there's rumors that they've been dating for at least a couple weeks. Um, I don't know your thoughts on that. Uh, the only thing I think, first of all, he, he's single, you know, it's tough. He had a girlfriend since so what, that was a high school sweetheart. I don't, whatever happened, happened. It didn't work out. That's life. Sometimes um, sure. he's a good looking dude. I knew this was going to, I didn't know with who, but I knew you could just tell this was coming, man. He's a great looking guy. He's had a lot of success. He's becoming a household name. You see him on TV a lot more All the golf stuff. Sooner or later, your boy was going to hook up with a celebrity. He has, um, I don't know your thoughts on that. The only thing I hate about it, the only thing it's just cause it's going to drive me nuts. And I know it first time Josh Allen has a bad game. We're going to have to hear shit about Hollywood. Josh Allen. He doesn't care. He's not locked in and focused like he used to be anymore. He cares about other things a lot more. That's the shit that's going to annoy me. I don't know. What are, what are your general thoughts when, when you when you hear and you see something like this? Uh, that I hate this part of success uh, yeah. that comes with this good team. But it's part of it. It's natural. I'm happy for Josh if he's happy. He seems like a really nice guy. Sure. Um, breaking up sucks. It does. I don't care uh, how it happens or what goes on. Um, if you've ever been in love with somebody, even if it's not a fun breakup, it sucks. It's tough. So. I'm sure that has been something in his life that's not fun. And so if good for him out having fun. I will not lie to you, though. Pat, I had no idea who she was until I saw the pictures and started going around. I had to go Google. I've never seen True Grit. I've watched all the Marvel stuff, but like I, don't, I didn't associate who she was. With, right. Like I, she's not that type of celebrity to me. But then I saw all these like stands of hers coming on and talking about like 
he's not worthy of her. And I saw this like battle Hulk, between it's Josh, like Josh Allen stands and Haley stands, uh, who's more like deserving of each other. And people are so weird. Her fan base is like cult like, man. It's it is. It, it, it is absolutely nuts, man. Uh, people are so Ma- weird. I, I mean, I thought Bill's Mafia. Bill's Mafia is weird nuts. too, dude. There, there's people are going least, too far. There's not a lot, but there's yeah. a handful of uh, there's a handful of uh, pretty young women out there who are big Bills fans. Who I'm telling you, I think maybe they legitimately thought that they had a shot. <laughs> you know what I mean? And with Josh, because I think there's most of them are like, well, whatever. But I think there's a handful of uh. Of young They're ladies like out there that are legitimately pissed off right yeah. now that, that Josh is with the celebrity. Here's what I will say, not to like speculate. I don't know if they're dating or not, and I don't care. But I will say, like, there is a thing from a perspective of he's a superstar now. Legitimate. He has big national he commercials. Is. He's sure. in primetime games. Like, he is fond after as a superstar. There's something to him being with somebody else that has that and has experienced mm-hmm. that spotlight and has their own stuff going on she's gonna be off making movies and working on her own stuff and i think there's something good about that that uh, somebody that understands his life now because he went from juco to being a complete american superstar really in like a five-year period to a four-year period that's a lot for a young dude he's a 200 million dollar asset um there's a lot of pressure on him so if this is something that provides relief of that and fun and good stuff for him i'm so happy uh, that he gets that and to the people that are going to say that, that there's some uh, he's not focused or whatever. Uh, screw yourself. You're a hypocrite. Everybody likes people. Everybody has things in their life. That is a distraction. Distractions are good. You, you need that. Josh Allen needs distractions from the weight of an entire region and franchise on his shoulders. Like let, let the guy live. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, I am back here with Aaron Quinn from Cover One. All right, man, enough gossip talk about Josh Allen in his personal life. I did I have mean, a good it tweet. It is news, though. It is news, though. And I, I had mean, a good tweet about it, though, that I said, uh, woman spotted in New York City wielding a $200 million cannon. It's <laughs> <laughs> fine <to> lie. <laughs> That's funny. Look, man, again, not, not to go back down that Josh gossip rabbit hole. I'm, I'm yeah. happy for the guy, man. He's, he yeah. seems he seems like a good person. And to your point, man, you, anything that could be a distraction from the weight of this entire region, just 
everyone depending on you. It's uh, it's good. Let the boy live, man. And again, if, if, if it becomes a problem, then it's a different story. But to my knowledge, Josh is a good dude. Anyway, let's talk about some actual Bills news. That's actual news. We get some. A free agent signing on uh, Monday, Brandon Shell, who started 72 games in this league, 11 last year with uh, Miami at right tackle. Mm-hmm. He has started at least 10 games every year since uh, 2017. He signs with the Buffalo Bills. Sure. It's a, a good and bad. The, the good is the obvious. All right. They're, they're upgrading their depth, I think. He seems like a, and I don't know a lot about him, seems like a, a reasonable depth option should Spencer Brown get injured or sure. just completely shit the bed this year for whatever reason. Um, I also don't get too excited because Aaron, I mean, look, it's, it's literally the end of May and the guy yeah. was lingering around this long. How valuable could he have been? Sure. And also your, your guy, Eric Turner over at cover one, which by the way, th- this is always, I'm going to defend you guys without Speak you having it. to do it without you having to defend it. I'm going to do it for you, man. People who say that the cover one guys are nothing but homers. First is that of all, what people say bullshit. about us? Are it's people bullshit. saying that? Uh, a few here and there. Eric was straight up. He said he watched this film and wasn't impressed. Now, he's not mm-hmm. saying that Brandon Shell's a bum, but he's saying, you know, like, yeah. I'm not so high on the guy. And, you know, I'm kind of like, that was kind of where I came without watching film. Like, Eric always watches the film, so he'll know a lot more about me when it comes to these type of players. Yeah. But Eric, your guy, Eric, said he watched the film. Not really that impressed. Hope he works out, but you know, don't have like lofty expectations for him. Yeah. I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? Is mm-hmm. this just another guy, just another signing, or do you think it could be more? So uh I will also defend for myself, like I've got hundreds of hours of uh conversations about the bills, and you can go back and find times where I've disagreed or said stuff, mm-hmm. but people like to just pick out what they don't like it. And it's not oh. our fault that here's the other problem. It's not our fault that Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott are mostly good and are probably top five uh, at both of their jobs. So right. Sure. Go, go kick some stones. Um, <laughs> to this move, honestly, I haven't gotten to dig into shell too much peripherally know about them just from getting ready for Miami and talking to people, um, seeing things online about it to me immediately it rang of not a competition for Spencer Brown maybe a competition for depth. I think it's going to be Questenberry and Shell kind of battling out for that swing spot, that backup spot. And that's a good thing to have come in and add. Like, I don't want Questenberry. I don't want Brown to not get pushed, but I also don't want the depth to not get pushed. I do think if you can get a quality depth piece out of this, that's a good move. Um, At the very worst, it's just another good camp body that's going to come in and make those rotational defensive ends compete a little bit more than they otherwise would have to. So adding depth, always a good problem to have. Maybe it's something where it's pushing uh, Questenberry off, maybe on the very high end. If Brown uh, is similar to last year, he could push for maybe a more consistent starting role. If you're starting to get into trouble uh, during the season, but having a guy with starts is not a bad thing, especially with the unknown of Spencer Brown and how he's going to look going forward here. But it doesn't, it doesn't push for Brown, and at the very worst, it's a camp body. Sure. You know, I go back to last year, and to be fair, he wasn't completely healthy, but David Quisenberry was kind of a disaster last year. You know, and I, and I look at some of the guys. He was in some had, tough spots. Yeah, yeah, sure. And I look at some of the guys like Bobby Hart. You don't want Bobby Hart playing on the field unless he's like your sixth offensive lineman in that one sure. set that they would run a lot. Greg Van Roden had to play against Miami. You know, so mm-hmm. anything that the Bills do right now that results in better depth is something – Ryan Bates with. might end up being that guy. We don't know. Sure. Right. But I'm, I'm just, I'm not going to go, I'm not through the moon happy that the Bills. Sure. Now I know like Ryan Talbot had tweeted out like the Bills had interest 
which he he did report this back in March that the Bills had interest, or at least per source, he said that the Bills had interest in the guy. Sure. And then they circle back a little more than two months later and they get him. So good. I, I, hopefully it's a good death move. I, yeah. I agree. I don't think it in any way pushes uh, Spencer Brown much at all. But if he's going to be better than David Quinn, I, I put the bar David Quinsenberry. If he's better than Quinsenberry, then it's a good signing. You know, so sure. I, I look yeah. at this roster right now, Aaron. It's kind of what I wanted to talk a little bit about today, too. I, I feel maybe I'm the homer here because I, I, I look at the I look at the depth of this team right now and I look at this roster and uh I I think it's right there with the very best teams in the NFL. I truly do. Um they didn't have to this point anyway, um yeah, we'll talk about DeAndre in a minute here. They haven't had like this that big splashy addition like they did with Vaughn Miller last year, but sure I just love how they've added to this to, to like the depth of this team. And and you look, look, they didn't sign anyone that was as good as Tremaine Edmonds, who they lost one, any one singular player. But like you look in, now you got Brandon Shell and you got, I'm looking at my list here, Trent Sherfield, Deontay Hardy, they drafted Kincaid and Torrance, uh, McGovern, Edwards, mm-hmm. Damian Harris, Latavius Murray, Apuna Ford on the defensive line. And you look who did they lose? Edmonds, big loss. Yeah. But besides that, Isaiah McKenzie, Jake Kumaro, Roger Saffold, Devin Singletary. Um, and then you add Micah Hyde returning, and, and you have hopefully 100% Trey White this year. And Jordan Poyer, at least, is going to start the season healthy. He was a walking wounded mess at the end of last year. I just look at this team on paper, even without Von Miller here early on to start the season. Mm-hmm. And I just feel really, really good about this roster. I feel like it's an elite roster right now. Yeah. I mean, that's not a hot take. At all, because they're going to be a top. I mean, by everybody's estimation, they're going to be one of the top three, four teams with Super Bowl mm-hmm. odds, right? As we ramp up, sure. so everybody agrees with you. The people that say that's a homer take are just mad. They're just angry every time they talk about bills. So don't worry about those people. Uh, it's not crazy for what you're saying. There's flaws. That doesn't mean the teams without flaws. All those top five teams have them. Middle linebackers, the big glaring one offensive line we still don't know how it's going to play out but it it seems at least upgraded with depth and options to what you had a year ago so you're anticipating that that's going to work out in, a, in your favor obviously you add a pass catching weapon but to you brought up the points and i think these are the biggest additions personnel wise is you didn't lose jordan poyer and you're getting back micah hyde and if mm-hmm. that can that unit can stay healthy even if jordan poyer is 10%, 12%, 15% less of the player he was a year, two years ago. That's still better than a huge percentage of the league. Even if Micah Hyde is same, declining and, and hitting this age, safety plays well into age. And if he can stay healthy and play a full season, like you have it. And then you also have way better depth behind those guys in case of emergency way better. stuff. Stuff's getting hurt. Yeah. So I feel a lot better about that. And your other point, Tredavious White getting back healthy. If he returns to form, even anywhere near all pro form, what a huge, I mean, you're getting back. We talk about the biggest positions in football. It's quarterback edge and like top corner. And if you can get back one of those top 10 cornerbacks, a guy that's playing to that level, that's a huge addition. So sometimes we think of just free agent additions as the things that you're gaining, but sometimes it's the guys that have been out a year or haven't fully recovered from injury. And those are the additions that are the biggest ones. The one that we don't know, that I think is the absolute biggest. I've said it all off season. I've said it to you a bunch, probably Pat is these coaches. What is Sean McDermott going to do with this Mm -hmm. defense? And what is Ken Dorsey going to do with this offense? All the personnel stuff to me is great. It's cool. They were going to have a good roster. Anyway, you looked at it. They had a lot of good players already. 
how do these coaches get more out of this roster than we've seen? Because they've had good rosters for three years. They've had this elite top of the NFL roster for three years. It hasn't been enough. Something else needs to be that push. I uh, I got a lot of confidence in Sean McDermott running the defense. I do too. Not not as much with Ken Dorsey. Not saying he, that uh, I'm not saying he's destined to fail by any means. I'm just saying I need to see it. I, I I've seen Sean McDermott run a good defense before. You know, with yep. Carolina too. So I got a lot of confidence in him. Middle linebacker, a lot of questions to be answered. Not going to lie there. I mean, again, you lose Tremaine Edmonds and you replace him with. <laughs> we don't know. Knows? We don't know. Who knows who it's going to yeah. be? And defensive end, like quite literally, has stayed the same. But every other position on this team, I feel like, has been upgraded. Whether mm-hmm. it's adding somebody new, whether it's getting guys back, like you said, Hyde and Poyer at safety, White at corner with the second year Elam. Um, I love the addition of Puna Ford yep. with Jaquan Jones. I and Ed Oliver in a contract year. I think defensive like tackle too. could be a strong position this year. I like the depth at wide receiver again, and Kincaid obviously is a big addition. And I like Damian Harris and Latavius Murray. Now, I don't yeah. think those guys are all pros by any means, sure. but I wasn't, you know, this, I wasn't that big on Devin Singletary. I just right. look at this roster and, uh, and yeah, I don't like backup quarterback either, but we've talked about this a million times. Yeah, who Josh Allen goes down, who gives a shit with the backup is it's not even yeah. going to matter anyway. Yeah. So I don't know, man. It's just, uh, I, I feel really good about this roster right now. And again, and we're only going into June. I just, I, I almost, I'm almost worried about how good I feel about this roster right now. Like I look at the Bengals and they got a lot of top end talent. I, I think the Bills roster from one to 53 is better than Cincinnati or anybody pretty much right now. I really you know do. it's not fair for me yet. I haven't, I should do it a, a little bit here soon over the summer. What Joe Marino's doing is like going through all teams, at least over yeah. the AFC competitors and really look at what their plus minus look at their roster and give it the, I, here's people can call me a homer all they want, but really my whole goal when I approach football is to view everything as though I'm viewing it from like a league perspective. How do things compare to our peers league wide and just kind of like base it in that reality. And so I want to go look at those teams and judge them in the same way that I judge the bills, judge other places, teams, the way I look at the bills. Let's uh, before we end with our finish the sentence um, segment, Let's spend a couple of minutes talking about a guy who, were he to come to Buffalo, will make this uh, argument that I think the Bills might have the best roster in the NFL a lot stronger. Of course, mm-hmm. I'm talking about DeAndre Hopkins. He was released last week. So we talked about him a little bit last week, potentially with trade. Since then, he's been released. Although, Pro Football Talk reported that he's not officially going to be released until 4 p.m. on Tuesday. Um, sure. So technically they, he could be traded before then that's not happening obviously no. but anyway he's available he has obviously been linked to the bills a lot and it's not just fans saying that it's not just you know some podcasters this this is a lot of uh people reporting espn has reported that the bills and the chiefs i think it might have been jeremy fowler right now that's just mm-hmm. reported recently that the bills and the chiefs are still considered the front runners right now at, called it an arms race to land him I, hate I don't that. know, dude. I, I look at it as kind of an Odell Beckham from everything I understand. And I'm not reporting sources or anything specifically, but from everything I understand is kind of like a, an Odell Beckham Jr. situation where they've been monitoring sure. and they do have interest, but it's, it's all about contract. And yeah. uh, always, this is nothing new. Brandon Bean's going to have every interest in all the good players. Mm-hmm. Anytime they're available, he's going to try to find a way to make it happen. Uh, go check out Greg Thompson. He, if you're worried about the money, 
Go look at Greg's feed. Greg has some tweets that'll show you that they can make this stuff happen. The sure. cap is like Brandon Bean can pull out some of his wizard tricks and make this work out. Um, so it's expected that he's in there. I think I hate what the media is like calling this an arms race. Um, look, of course, the best teams are going to be in on a DeAndre Hopkins if he's available. And at the point he's in his career, he supposedly, at least, and what he's saying, wants to be on one of those teams that's going to be competing. But if some team comes along and offers him some big, crazy exactly. contract, you know what I mean? Like, that's where he's going. Um, and both these teams, Chiefs and Bills, have to make some cap manipulation stuff going on. So it's going to take a little time. There's going to be a lot of conversations. He's going to leverage them against each other. It only makes sense. I, I I do. I agree that there's a pressure. I don't want Kansas City to get good players, regardless of who it is. And I believe in the if I can absorb that, even if it doesn't help my team, keeping him from a competitor is a helpful advantage. Like all that stuff matters. But if the Bills don't land DeAndre Hopkins, we just talked about their roster being elite without him. We weren't talking about adding DeAndre Hopkins. I think they're still there. I also agree that this puts them over the top. I'm torn. I put out a tweet right before we went live here. That was that guy with the two buttons and he's sweating. I it saw out that. Yeah. And basically being like, look, the super teams don't work out that much. When you see like tons of big name additions go to a team like the Rams did it. That was a weird year. They barely got through that and won that Super Bowl. But most of these teams, you can go back through the years and think of big time super teams and lots of big names going to a team. It's hard. It still doesn't work out that much. But then I'm torn because I also just want to add super good, talented players with big names, right? Like there's no, this is a good problem to have that. He's even considering Buffalo, dude. If you've rewound and talked to me 12 years ago, we used to, when these players would get released, Pat, we'd all get on Twitter and be like, oh my God, Bills, go get this person. But in the back of our minds, we all knew our franchise had no business sniffing around these players unless they were going to crazy vastly overpay. Now we're in the conversation getting discounts on guys like this or them willing to work with our calf situation to come play and win a title. Maybe he doesn't show up here. Maybe he goes to KC. KC's got a great argument. Bills fans, I think Bills are the place for a guy to go. KC has already won. Like it's proven, Patrick Mahomes is a winner. He has and won he's, Super he's Bowls. their number one receiver immediately. If he immediately, goes the number one. Not um, here. Not in although, Buffalo. Although he perked up with the idea of uh, Brandon Marshall talked about later in his career wanting to play with a good number one to open things up for him because he sure. knew he could still be super productive, but may, maybe need a little bit of help and less bracket coverage. So there might be an appeal to play with a Stefan Diggs if he can get the contracts to work, but. To, for Bills fans, I think Bills fans have this weird um, insecurity about the Chiefs. They are better than our franchise right now. They are proven. Uh, and, and Patrick Mahomes is better than Josh Allen. Andy Reid's better than Sean McDermott. Uh, Veach right now is probably better than Brandon Bean. Right now, they are a step above us in general. Yeah. And so I can understand why a player would see those two options and choose the 1A over the 1B uh, in preference of trying to win a Super Bowl. But it doesn't mean we're not right there. 100 speculation on my part right now, 100%. But I know it's the Bills and the Chiefs, mm -hmm. and, and those that's all the buzz. I would bet the field at the end yeah, of the day. For sure. I can see a Ravens could come out of nowhere. Ravens, Cleveland, Lions. Playing with Cleveland. Deshaun Watson. Cleveland has got money. They got, they got Cooper, too. So a lot of what you just talked about fits. Mm -hmm. He's got his old quarterback. They got more money. Almost everyone's got more money than the Bills and the Chiefs True. right True. now, anyway. You're right, though. And Greg pointed that out. They could make it work. But Indianapolis, there's other teams that I could just see a team coming. 
I, I believe DeAndre Hopkins that he does want to catch passes from Josh Allen. I yeah. just think he, he wants to catch passes from Josh Allen with, with a big contract, too. There's some I get you wanting to win a ring, dude, but there's some kind of pride, too, and ego in it. Like he ain't coming somewhere for five or six million dollars. No, 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 no. No and, shot. And honestly, the league shouldn't or like the players union and league shouldn't want that. Right. right. Like there's still you got to know your value. And while we just think of these guys as assets, they're people and they've they've sacrificed a lot and you got to set values. And it doesn't matter to just them. These things also trickle down to other players. And so uh, Vaughn Miller talks about it a lot in some of his podcasts of like he fa- he talks to teammates like go leave get your money if there's real money out there like it's good for everybody in the league for the players to get the biggest contracts they can get and i have no problems with it now let's say because now it's a little bit different anyway you know before it was trade and i never thought the bills were going to trade for him but now he is a free agent and the bills are square in the mix reportedly anyway let's just assume because now it's a lot more realistic to to say this could happen let's say deandre does end up signing with the buffalo bills how does it change things? Like, I guess, like with Gabe Davis, that's that's the big thing. Like, what changes w- when you have Gabe Davis with DeAndre Hopkins in the lineup? And does that alter what the Bills might have been looking to do when they drafted Dalton Kincaid in the first round to play that big slot receiver a lot more? Like, if they were to add Hopkins from a football-only perspective, how much changes with this offense do you think? What I'm interested to, to see is what's the trickle move? From there, is it just uh, maybe a Khalil Shakir doesn't fit in the roster and that's kind of a a tough one? Or is it uh, they try to trade uh, Gabe Davis and move on Mm -hmm. from there? There's going to be an odd man out numbers wise. Sure. In that wide receiver room and someone's going to come to special teams. Uh, So that'll be an interesting thing. But on field. Like the pressure's on Ken Dorsey, like if you can't move around Dalton Kincaid, DeAndre Hopkins, Stephon Diggs, maybe a Gabe Davis, James Cook, and like all these weapons and find ways to move them in and out of the slot and create the matchups. You like there isn't a defense that should be able to dictate anything to you. Like whatever you see from a defense, you've got an answer in your back pocket because you've got just dudes that they don't even need to be open. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins doesn't even be open to go catch a ball. Like you, you have so many answers at your disposal there's going to be no excuses for Ken Dorsey to not just rack up points. My problem is, is the expectations are limitless. And that scares me because that, that is going to lead up for a year of the bills, not meeting expectations. It's still hard to score 30 points a game in the NFL, like the top team, they're going to average 28, 29, 30 points a game. And everyone's going to expect the bills to go out and put up 45 a game with the way that offense is built. And they're never going to meet that expectation. Yeah, dude. If they land DeAndre Hopkins and they draft Dalton Kincaid in the first round and this offense isn't significantly better than it was last year. What's going to be better? What's the metric that's going to be better? Ken Dorsey might be at UB. What's (laughs) this? So like points per game in the NFL last year. Let's look it up real quick because you would have to set some realistic standards. Like what? Sure. It would be better. So they averaged 27.7 points a game. The highest last year or in 2022 was, yeah, last year was uh, 29.2. So if they got two points better, would you feel like that's, you don't feel like it's enough. There's no way they're going to win this. If it's they get there's it. with a three, the, the, the points per game needs to start with a three. Especially if you I'm going to have to go look up how many teams have finished with a three. I don't know, man. Dallas in 2021. 
30.4. What was 2023's? Well, that's not yet. 2020 was the uh, COVID year. Green Bay was 31.5. Tampa was 30. It's it's hard, man. I'm just saying. Baltimore, 31.9 in 2019. Like it's one or two teams a year. What do you and Greg got planned like over the next, say, Nothing. handful of weeks before? <laughs> That's what I was saying. No, it, it, it gets when it gets to be June, man. No, it's tough. Just, um, it, 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 there's always something. You'll always sure. find something. Yeah. No, we have a, a content plan. Don't listen to me. Come stay tuned <laughs> into. We do not take breaks. We're not going to have an off season here. Uh, right now, we're going through positional preview. So we did quarterbacks and coaches last week. Uh, just kind of. We like to go through each position group and just kind of refresher. It's a little bit for us. It's a little bit for fans just to heading into training camp. Who are these guys and what are our expectations of them this summer and sort of uh, for September? And then we'll finish that with a bit of a prediction of what we think the roster is going to look like. And then by the time you know it, it's camp, right? We're 100 days as of taping this, right? It's 100 days from football uh, in September. So it feels like we have a lot of content to do and it feels like it's going to be crazy but for me i got young kids school's about to start training camp's going to be here before i know it. this summer is going to be over before i know it i'm going to be bringing kids back to school <laughs> in no time it's going to be football season again so one, we'll get we'll get through it it'll be fun one more quick bills question here and then i want to finish with our uh, our segment yeah it's way too early and things will change your mind will change a million times and i'm putting you on the spot didn't tell you i was going to ask you anything about this but if you had to pick one player on this current roster right now that you think some people might be relatively high on that by the end of training camp completely fizzles out to a point where they might not even end up on the 53 man roster uh at, at the end if there's a guy on this team right now on this roster that you're not looking on at the 53 yeah somebody who you think is getting, I don't want to say a lot of hype, because I don't think any of these players are getting a ton of hype. But no. somebody who you're like, yeah, he might not even end up making his team. Or maybe uh, he made, but he's he, or maybe he makes a team, but like he's inactive on game day, or he ain't gonna be seeing his ass on the field much. Uh I kind of hate I I hate this question because I don't we're talking about in the cover one DMs today. I was giving Sneaky Joe a hard time because he said something like, uh Khalil Shakir has real Brandon Riley energy or something. I, I think saw, that's, I, I think that's a ridiculous take. Brandon yeah. Riley was a totally different beast. Like he had no business even being in the NFL, let alone on a team. Um, Khalil Shakir deserves to be in the NFL. He deserves to be on an NFL roster. There might be a numbers game. If the bills get Deandre Hopkins, that puts him off of one of the best rosters in the league. That doesn't mean he's a Brandon Riley. That doesn't mean he can't go on to be a productive wide receiver. I think there's a weird vibe around Khalil Shakir right now, at least on Twitter and on the internet of like, he has crazy stands just like those undrafted free agent guys that people think he is just going to be the next thing. I like him a lot. Think he can be a good player. The rosters in a could be in a really weird spot with an addition of DeAndre Hopkins. So I don't want to say it's Khalil Shakir because I don't want to feed into what Sneaky Joe was saying. But if you're saying a player that is hyped, that so there is saying? there's Isn't a chance, a notable player at least. I think that could be one though, right? Like yeah. if you get DeAndre Hopkins, somebody from that wide receiver room shaking out. Agree. So I could see it being Shakir. Um, other than that, I don't think any of the there will be good players cut and good players moved on from. But I don't think there'll be surprises. And I think it'll all make sense and be totally understood. Yeah, I right now, and I'll change my mind, I'm sure. But 
Damian Harris, I, I just think he could be that yeah. surprise because you got you got Cook, you got High. I still think I just making this team. And if Murray looks good in camp, he might beat out Harris, which is feasible. Totally. So it could be a uh, Damian Harris. We'll, we'll find out again. We have yeah. plenty of time to see how that plays out. All right, let's get to our finish the sentence segment. I kind of like this too. We got a couple extra minutes this week. Usually, I feel like we're trying to jam this in in the last three minutes of uh, the episode. Pretty basic. I got four questions that I'm going to ask Aaron. We do this almost every week anyway. Personal stuff, you know, pop culture stuff, just fun, fun things to to learn about us that maybe you didn't know beyond the world of uh, Aaron's sports takes. So uh, let's get cooking here. A song that always gets me hyped is blank. Um, are you familiar with Childish Gambino and his work? Uh, Childish Gambino. No, I, I know he is. Yeah, I am. Uh, I am familiar. I'm not familiar with this song specifically, though. I'm not gonna lie, man. Bonfire by Childish Gambino. Um, check it out. Listen to it. They could not play it at Bills games with the lyrics. It has some very naughty Does it? Uh, lyrics in it. He's awesome, though. He's so hilarious. Uh, and but the the beat, like if they think about being in the Ralph and this, like that beat comes on and the intro comes on. If you don't get jacked up for it, I don't know. I got to, uh, you know, I feel like I always show my age when, when it comes to a lot of these categories. I got two. Number one is uh, from Rocky Four, No Easy Way Out by Robert Tepper. You love Rocky. I love that. I, dude, I love the Rocky. Yeah. I, I don't love Rocky Four. I love the soundtrack sure. from Rocky Four. It's one of my favorite soundtracks ever. But anyway, that song legit gets me um, hyped up. <clears throat> the other one, uh, We Will Rock You Do by Queen. I, I, oh, I still get I, I, that doesn't hype you up, not even a little are, bit. Are you kidding me? It's so really? corny and played out. No, wow, I'm sorry. Man. I'm sorry. We can't. <laughs> we'll I see. Get... I might get roasted for that. Maybe people it still works for people. They got it on like Chevy commercials now. Yeah, I, I, I just I, I wish I would have heard you. What's the name of your song again? I'll have to listen back to this podcast. Bon, bon I'll send it to I'll send you a link. Here. All right, I'm gonna have to listen to it. Maybe I'll let you know next week if I agree. You're not gonna like it. You're gonna be like, man, this young ass kid. He's too young. <laughs> but you're not that young. All no, right. I'm not. I'm just That's super cool. cool about it. An artist or band you wished you alive when they were around is blank. I think you I think you might like my answer here a little bit more. I have two for this because it's really a tie for me um it would be there like uh the david ruffin temptations like mm -hmm. during the my girl days sure. i loved it um my all-time favorite group and then uh earth wind and fire show would yeah. be dope like those guys rocked they jammed and i would have loved to have been experienced that live well you still i i, I believe you could still well them live. no you but you could like, you had not it. at 60. I want to see them like in their prime when they were in their prime in the era feeling it when it was when it was hot. Sure. Um, I, I want to say Michael Jackson, but that's just too obvious. You know what I mean? And yeah, plus, I don't know, man. It might be a little bit too crazy for me. <sighs> but I, I think I would go with Prince on this one. I would love to see, I would have loved to have seen a live Prince show. Uh, first of all, mm. I, I love how I talented he was. Yeah, great guitar player. I, I would bet that his shows are really cool with the dancing and, and the choreography. And just like I said, his just his yeah. guitar playing and singing. Um, so I, I probably would go with uh Prince. This like is kind one. of this next and one is to kind your of, to your what? original point though about I could still see Earth Wind and Fire. I technically could also still see the Temptations too. I think they come up to like 
Seneca Casino. No, they, yeah, they're like a, it's like a I, traveling I, show now. I feel like they might be like at the Erie County Fair every year or some, yeah, something yeah. along those lines. Yeah. Those are the kind of I venues. think Otis is still kicking and the original really? dude. And then it's all been new dudes for decades. Oh, dude, next week or actually to be two weeks, which will be your last week of doing this weekly show. I'm, I'll let you have to know how the concert goes, but I, I'm, I can't wait to see Brian Adams. In a I know. Of weeks. It's um, gonna be a good one. I'm excited. I, I kind of wish it wasn't at the Key Bank Center. That's just such a large venue that I it's don't tough. like. That I like the more intimate venues. Um, it would have been cool uh, if they did at the ballpark. That's yeah, that would that would Adams. be cool. Yeah, that would anyway. be cool. All right, two more here. This one is kind of a messed up question. I don't know if you 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 might have faded this. You one. knew that this is super easy. Go ahead. How's it super easy? It's super easy. All right. Well, yeah. let me read oh, it for people is, yeah. listening. Uh, Beyonce, Whitney, Mariah, Janet. One has to go. It's blank. Beyonce. It's not even hard at all. Oh. She doesn't bring anything different than the other three original ones do. She's not oh. a better singer than any of them. She's not a better performer than Janet. Like Whitney and Mariah. Whitney brings like all time great vocals. Can't yeah. eat, none, none of these other women even touch what she is able to do on an album with her vocals. So way, way up at the top there. Not necessarily the best performer, but just so great vocally and so beautiful and just met everything that she needed to be. Mariah, I know you said in real life the vocals weren't there um, as she aged, but dude, nobody had more of an understanding of what made a pop hit than Mariah Carey did throughout the entire decade of the 90s. If you go check out the Billboard uh, stuff that she was able to rack up when it mattered, I don't think it ever mattered more than in the 80s and 90s with the billboard stuff. Now streaming and all this other stuff messed with everything. Mariah was just a, a hit maker, dude. Like, absolutely. And so Beyonce's a hit maker too, but I don't think she's on par with Mariah. And then Janet was the absolute total package of woman pop star. Like, and the problem for Janet was she was in the shadow of Michael, who was the absolute greatest of all time. And she, more so than any uh, even male performer went toe to toe with Michael Jackson on say like she could hold her own on a record with her brother, both in dancing and in singing. Janet doesn't get the respect she deserves. And Beyonce is not even on her level. And so Beyonce is cool. She's the greatest of her era, but she is not different or unique than any of these three women it doesn't belong on this list. Well, I'll tell you this much. Whitney took me a half a second to exclude her. It ain't Whitney. No. Everything you said, plus she was pretty damn, dude, she was the bomb in the bodyguard too. That was a big ass. Awesome. Movie. Mariah, you got to give And the preacher's credit. wife. And the preacher's wife. Holy shit. I forgot about that movie. That was a great movie too. So yeah, Whitney's not even a consideration to go. Mar Look, I'm not, <clears throat> I know you I'm not the like biggest Brian. Mariah fan in the world, but you also got to give her respect for all the success that she's had for as long as she did. All those number one hits. She's one of the, the most successful, not even just female, one of the most successful artists yes. of all time. And so she I really not exclude her. She started the whole like hip hop R&B. Most of her songs are the ones that were the first ones that like have a female vocalist that included a rapper and a rap track. Sure. Which Beyonce yeah. later. Yeah. I, I got to tell you, man, it, it, I, I don't have as easy as a time saying Beyonce as you do. And it's not that I don't love Janet. I don't love Janet as much as you do, though. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know, dude, because like Whitney and Mariah were, they were there at that time that Janet was. So it wasn't even just Michael in her shadow. It was Mariah and it was Whitney. It was Paula Abdul as well. I mean, Paul, no, whoa, 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 whoa,
Hey, Paula had some success. <laughs> he got mad at that shit. You know, Dude, like that. Paula and Janet aren't even. What's Paula <laughs> Abdul's like best album ever? Um, I, I don't remember, but she had like five songs on one album, and then that was pretty much it. But <laughs> yeah. opposites attract was one of them. Uh, hush, yeah, hush. No. I, 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 I like Paula Abdul. Abdul. She's not a Janet Jackson. You can, people need to start putting, dude. I don't know what happened in the world after that Super Bowl appearance where her nipple popped out. The whole world just disregarded what Janet Jackson was and where she was at her. And she should still be ascending at that time, dude. Janet's a hit maker dude go look at the <laughs> go listen to the discography so i'll go beyonce. on for another hour on this so is beyonce though man she is i don't know I, is. I beyonce is more pop culture uh icon maybe than janet i think janet's more talented maybe maybe i'm not uh, cool anymore so i don't know nah i'm gonna say janet though i i janet's gotta go i know you hate that um sorry <laughs> all right last one here an activity you did back in the day that no one seems to do today is my answer might be a little controversial too. not controversial, but you might completely disagree with it because you might see it. I don't. But anyway, an activity you did back in the day, no one seems to do today. I don't know if it's true everywhere. Um, I think the one for me is I don't see like kids playing pickup baseball. Yeah. Anywhere or like. Like we've got a baseball field near, near our house. I never see some kids with like tennis balls and bats and just a whole neighborhood gaggle of kids going and doing that or even really mm -hmm. football. I see a little bit. I got to, there's some basketball that happens, some two on two. There's a little group after school that throw a ball around, but I don't ever see like my neighborhood growing up, dude, was anywhere there was a patch of grass. We had like a legitimate pick up something. It was sure. five on five, six on six plus 12 kids running around playing full nine innings of baseball. Um, those things, I just, I don't see it. I, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I've got kids and I, I didn't see it for years and I don't see it ever. So I don't know if that just went away. I'm completely with you. That was my answer. Is it? More, more specifically, mine was growing up. So I grew up on the West side. I, on a street called Abbotsford and we used to call it Abbotsford stadium. We painted lines for like yeah. the markers for football. We played baseball, but football, we played touch football. I never, ever. And I drive around enough. And that's why I was saying, I don't know if you would accept this answer because maybe you saw it and I don't, but I drive around enough. I never see kids playing football in the street ever. And there's some kids, like I said, there's, if you walk past my neighborhood, uh, right after school, they'll th be throwing the ball around a little bit in the street, a few kids. But what I will say, uh, playing in the street was a terrible idea. Oh yeah. Like Fucking that should go it. away. There's enough fields and places to play like that playing out in the middle Fucking of the road, up people's cars, throwing, up throwing, people's cars yeah, throwing football not respecting traffic and honestly my street people are jerks the way they cut across and drive on my street and probably kids shouldn't be chasing balls and running around and playing balls uh because people aren't safe but yeah no it, it, it i don't see it also that much but we probably shouldn't <laughs> it, should, it should be one of those things that got left in the yeah 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 i agree but like i said growing Just like, up when i was a kid we played all sports we played floor hockey on my street we played baseball on my street we played football on my street i barely yeah. ever see it anymore man some of this stuff though i see like uh and i'm getting there of one of these old people that post on when i see on facebook like dude rt if you know what this cigarette car lighter is because like nobody sees those anymore <laughs> but some of these things and people are like yeah this stuff should still exist no a lot of it shouldn't like drinking out of hoses 
is horrible. The fact that our parents let us drink out of other <laughs> noses, like we didn't know any better, like more yeah. of us should have gotten sick. Uh, yeah, none of a lot of this stuff should we. That is why evolution exists. The other, I had a backup answer just in case it was going to be collecting uh, cassettes from Columbia House. Used to get the twelve oh, for a it. dollar. I don't yeah, know yeah, if you, yeah. you ever did. Oh, that I did shit, it. But... I all of them. Every <laughs> opportunity I got. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys, that's gonna do it for this episode. Make sure you follow Aaron on Twitter at Aaron Quinn seven one six. Check out Cover One, Aaron and Greg every week, and just check out their whole host. It's a it's a great lineup. Thanks, Appreciate buddy. Got a couple more weeks with you, man, on on hey, Wednesday. So eighty five all week. Enjoy, buddy. <laughs>